it gets better. It like it will always get better, right? Like I think that that's where I'm just like that's the biggest lesson. Like it does, it gets better. Life gets better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even when you feel like it's like the worst, it will get better. Hello, everybody. This is Caitlin Jinko, aka Lals. Thank you for tuning into my fifth episode of my Learn with Lals podcast. In this episode, I sat down with Meredith Kahn, my old dance teacher back from when I was little. Um, So back in the day, I used to dance at a studio called Studio 7, where Meredith worked. Um, And when she was just 24, she ended up buying Studio 7 and turning it into Dance Concepts, which she owned and ran for 15 years. Just last year, though, Meredith ended up having to close the studio, so right now she's in a bit of a transition period, Um, and in her conversation, she talked really openly about filing for bankruptcy, ending her business, and closing that chapter, and how hard all of that was. Um, But then she also spoke a lot about self-awareness, how she looks at that time with gratitude, and how she's taking the lessons and the positives from dance concepts and applying them to the next steps of her career. Meredith is a great woman, and I hope that you enjoy hearing her story and everything that she's been learning on her journey. Okay, so anyway, thank you for being my fifth, did I say fifth guest? Yeah. On my podcast. Um, so for our listeners, can you tell me who you are? Yes, for sure. Um, first, thanks so much for having me. Uh, my name is Meredith, and um, I actually got to meet Caitlin through teaching dance, uh, which was my career for many years. So yeah, that's my that's my jam. Yeah. Yeah, I was probably like, what, like three when we met? That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh and then you got into your uh, competitive phase there, where I basically yeah. forced you to become a competitive dancer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember you asked me, and then we were too busy, like with soccer, so then yeah. I wasn't gonna do it. But then yeah, which is actually did going on like twenty something years ago. Yeah, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. I wanted to apologize to you. I think I've apologized about this before. Um, I was probably like seven, and you were at the vending machine, <laughs> and you put your dollar in, and then I asked if I could push the button. Do you remember this? No. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and I asked if I could push the button, and you said, okay, pick any drink except orange juice. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my god, it'll be so funny if I push orange juice. And then I pushed the orange juice button, and you were really disappointed. And sometimes I still think about that. That's like, oh my god. really funny. Um, that's so cute. <laughs> so I'm sorry. That's more that than okay. 20 years ago. Yeah, literally. Oh my god, because you're what, 27? Oh my god. 27 yeah. now. 20 yeah, years ago. Yeah, and I was probably like 7 at the time. Wow. So. That's so, too funny. I love that we have that story. That I, I don't that. remember that at all. <laughs> Good. Um, I do remember that office and the vending machine, though. Yeah. So I can see it all happening. Yeah, back and in the Studio 70. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And I never really loved orange juice. So, yeah. No. Thanks, Caitlin. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Um, so when did Studio 7 become Dance Concepts? Um, well, yeah. So basically, I was working for Studio 7. Um, for a few years and I knew that I wanted to own my own business and kind of create my own thing and the opportunity sort of uh, came up um, and that was I incorporated well not incorporated but I got my business number and had my business registered um, July of 2004 so I think like 2003 was kind of when the transition started to happen Um, and then yeah it was official like July of 2004 
Okay. Yeah. So were they like looking to sell or? Um, yeah, Kathy was definitely looking to retire. Oh. Um, and I was doing real estate on the side oh, and building, um, and flipping kind of houses with my dad. And so financially I, you know, wasn't necessarily in a position to, um, borrow money or like I didn't have a savings or anything like that whatsoever. But, um, there was a price point on her selling off the business. So <clears throat> when you're selling a business that like is a rental, like we're renting a unit, mm-hmm. you're really just selling like a customer client list, like furniture, stereo equipment, like stuff. You're not really selling yeah. like the, uh, you know, it's kind of like the integrity of the business if you're willing to take it over as is. But because I wanted to change the name, it was going to mm. become like a very solidified, like she was closing, I was opening. Um, so that kind of changed things a little bit. So I had to come up with some funds to essentially take over that location and, um, inherit all those students, um, Mm -hmm. that I had been working with for so many years. So it just kind of like made sense. Um, yeah. So my dad and I had worked on a property and then just basically through building and selling two homes, I was able to create enough of a, of funds to like essentially buy her out and then she retired Mm -hmm. and then. I opened Dance Concepts. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Which was also a name that my dad created, of course, because yeah. it has my last name in it. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So was business, like, something that you always thought of? Yes. I knew mm. that um, by, like, grade 10, probably, that oh. <clears throat> I was going to become, like, an entrepreneur. I, I mm-hmm. knew that I wasn't going to have, like, the, a regular job, per se, and, like, work 9 to 5. Yeah. Um, I was always into, well, I mean, dance was like my savior. It was definitely like where I put all my energy uh, Mm -hmm. from a really young age. So I kind of, the idea of having dance in my life as a career was like, it seemed impossible because nobody really makes it in their, you know, in their extracurricular passion in life, right? It's one of those things that you do, do, do until you're 18 and then it's like, okay, bye. Like, now you have to go grow up. And um, I was working in retail and I, I was really good at retail and I had basically been given the opportunity to become like a manager of of an aldo mm-hmm. at the Auschwitz center and i was like oh, i don't i just my mom was just like you can't quit dancing um and i was teaching at the time like basically every single night of the week right so i would work mm-hmm. all day at the mall and then go to dance at night and um it just was still a huge part of my life and then it just kind of became like clearly this isn't going away i love to teach i love to dance um but i love being behind the scenes so i knew i wasn't going to go become a professional dancer and then uh, that's kind of when I decided to get my teacher's accreditation in teaching. Okay. Dance. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was like I was selling shoes at, by day. and <laughs> Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. It was nonstop. Were... Like I, yeah. I didn't. I was, yeah, that's a lot. But I was also basically poor. So it was really hard to like make sure that, um, you know, I had an income coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, because it wasn't like I was getting paid a ton to teach either. Like mm-hmm. you have to really... You know, you can't work 10 hours a day teaching dance. You work, like, yeah. three or four hours a night in the beginning, True. right? So it's hard to, like, build up enough of an income to kind of make that your main gig, which is why most dance teachers have multiple positions. They work at, like, three different studios. Yeah. Because um, it's really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kids are in school all day. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. I had no idea all that time that you were. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, basically, I moved out when I was, like, 19, 18, 19. I built my first house at 18. Um, what the heck? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And then I was living with my boyfriend. We were going to like get married and do all that. And then working at the mall and working at the studio. And then basically I was like, the relationship kind of fell apart. And then I just went 
ended up renting a house um, through my dad that he had a property. So I was always kind of like lucky that I had that like as an opportunity to like keep my foot in the door with real estate. So then I, I went and got my real estate license. Mm-hmm. Failed my exam by like 2%. Oh, shoot. Um, all while still teaching dance and still working at Aldo. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was called Transit, but now it's called Spring. I don't... Oh. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> it's under the Aldo group umbrella. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was kind of um, it was kind of a rough like period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. the uh, again, the dance world was still sort of my go-to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you were super young then when you, when you bought Studio 7. Yeah, so I was... Um, 23 turning 24. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. a baby. Yeah, I was really what the young. Heck? Yeah. Wow. Yes, I was, and I'd already been like living on my own for like, you know, mm-hmm. basically five years at this point, and I'd already moved in probably three different locations and yeah. um, <clears throat> still didn't have a car. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah, I had no car. I took the bus everywhere, I rode my bike everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you just, I literally hustled uh, nonstop. And then I started working for a gym. Um, once I quit the, the mall gig. And, I feel like uh, I remember that. Yeah. So when I started working for the gym, I actually worked, uh, the morning shift. So I would get there at like 4.30 in the morning, work until 12, mm-hmm. go home and then go back to dance for like 4 PM. Yeah. So my days were always full. There was mm-hmm. never like, you know, a chance to chill. Yeah. <laughs> true. Yeah. What was the transition like? Like going from being like an employee of the dance studio to becoming the owner? Um, it actually felt really natural. There was some resistance because obviously Mm -hmm. like how are people that have, you know, danced with an owner for like 15 years, all of a sudden their last year of dance are going to have me to Mm -hmm. kind of take over. So there was definitely some resistance, but in like the best way, like it wasn't, and it wasn't because like I didn't see it coming. Like I would feel the same way if I was in their shoes. So, um, you know, it was, that part was really difficult. Um, more from like the students and the parents' point of view, because you don't want to disappoint anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, but because I had basically been running what felt like I was running the studio for so long, like about four years before Kathy was like, finally like, okay, I'm, I'm ready. Mm -hmm. Um, cause there had been a lot of changes as well, right? Like we definitely had some staff changes. So like there was, I was kind of the constant through the growing pains of even like the last few years that she was open, um, to kind of transitioning to me. So Mm -hmm. I think it just felt sort of natural. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like, like running the business? Um, it was very scary. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and it, I also find like there just wasn't a lot of resources. So I kind of was like left to my own devices. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely not the best business person because I was never necessarily motivated by money and success. I was motivated by the fact that like I was passionate and I loved what I did and I wanted to see kids happy and parents happy and um so I think that I looking back I mean if somebody could have helped me along or if I had a way to like ask for help um I think things could have gone a little bit different when you're first starting out to really have that that um you know base to really kind of work off of now there's so much exposure to like you know do what you're good at and ask for Mm -hmm. help in other areas right well when you're running a business you're literally covering everything like so I had to jump in and like okay I need to like you know contact the gas company and the light company and deal with like a you know rental agreements and managers and uh now I have an employee list like now I have staff that I have to pay like it was Mm -hmm. it was really very 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 different (laughs) yeah 
And to be like twenty five or however, like yeah, so twenty four. Yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, it was very um, you know, you're trying to like get people to like respect you and yeah. and also like you're an adult, but really look, you know, you're really just quite young at the same time, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, my dad's an entrepreneur. I grew up in in business, but it was a very different business. Like he was in real estate, mm-hmm. which is a lot different than running like a numbered company, um, that has its own title that you're kind of like technically like the CEO of, right? Cause you're the go-to yeah. person for everything. Yeah. So, and you're dealing with customer service and answering the phone and you know, this is back when like there was no website, it was yellow pages and mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're trying to figure out how to advertise and get new recruitment and yeah. And you um, can't just like Google everything. No, it was yeah. very, um, yeah. Like I don't think that, it's not an offense to your generation because it's actually mm-hmm. amazing, but like we yeah. didn't have <clears throat> the tools at our fingertips the way you guys do. Yeah, for like sure. people couldn't just like Google their me on their phone and like come and sign up. Mm-hmm. So you, the amount of effort you had to put in to like getting yeah. new clientele was really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like paying for ads and all oh, that kind like of stuff. like a you know the size of a business card ad in the Oshawa this week was five hundred dollars. Yeah, for one run. Mm-hmm. So what are you gonna do like? Yeah. Do that every week leading up to registration. Like, it's really stuff that people don't see. Mm-hmm. They just want their consumer. They just want to, like, you know, I want to sign my kid up. Well, how my mom signed me up was she literally flipped open the yellow pages and just, like, pointed to a studio and was like, oh, yeah. well, that's nearby. We're going there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what my parents did <coughs> yeah. when you started going to you guys. So. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not, um, and word of mouth, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. Pretty much all of George Reynolds ended up coming because <laughs> yeah. of because yeah. of word of mouth. Yeah, yeah, and that's like so oh, funny. like so and so lives near so and so, and they're going right. So mm-hmm. it just that's the way things worked out. So yeah. and I didn't have like the city of Oshawa behind my back mm-hmm. with like you know Oshawa Dance Studio. Like it wasn't um, true. Like the way that rep sports is right. So you're you're selling yourself and you're trying really hard to like get people to want to sign up for you Mm -hmm. um I was really lucky because I worked in sales for so long and also because (laughs) um I worked for good life selling memberships and I like learned a lot about sales so Mm -hmm. I learned you know how to kind of implement that too but it's just not the same as selling yourself yeah yeah I was really insecure in that front yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that is stressful yeah yeah what would you say the best part about owning that business was um, oh, hands down the relationships mm-hmm. with my students. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's where you're here today. Like yeah. if it wasn't <laughs> yeah, for, so right? Like it's, mm-hmm. um, I mean, without getting emotional and mushy and wanting to cry, but dance and having dance concepts gave me every single blessing that I have in my life right now. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't have met my husband if it wasn't for dance because yeah. I met the person who introduced us because of dance and because of the gym and because of all the things that I loved, like brought me everything that. I, you know, I'm so grateful for. So when I look at like Kaylee and Lauren and Kelly and like all of those girls and Aaron and like, it's that right there is why, like what, um, well, and it's also what kept me going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. Yeah. It's, it's lovely. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you don't, you're, you can't pay the bills on like love and relationships, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that would have been ideal yeah. <laughs> we would be really successful if that was, if that was the case mm-hmm. yeah so what would you say the hardest part was um <clears throat> well the dance industry is very competitive mm-hmm. um there is I mean upwards of 15 different dance studios in Durham region right now mm-hmm. so 
when you're up against that kind of competition um, and it comes down to like schedule and and price points that's mm-hmm. really what you're you know what you're trying to sell right people want to know when is the class and how much does it cost me and like what's the what's the outcome for my kid if they want to like you know really pursue this are you going to help them make it to the big leagues right so yeah. it's um I think that for sure was the hardest part because I'm I'm more about like you have to come in I want to meet you like let's like I want there to be a vibe like you know mm-hmm. it has to be a good fit on both ends um definitely just selling my worth and our worth as a studio yeah for sure yeah, yeah. I feel like well at least when I was there at studio seven I feel like it was like a good balance of like learning and dancing but also like fun yes because i feel like yeah. some of the some of the places out there it's like are these kids even having fun like it's so intense yeah. and like well i mean know. the amount of times that like people just assume oh is it like dance moms and i'm like good <laughs> lord like that's like a small portion yes of course that's there that industry mm-hmm. um you know of grooming your kid and like potentially thinking you can make them a star is is kind of there in every extracurricular like yeah. rep hockey, mm-hmm. rep soccer, like it's there and the pressure's on parents to be like, okay, you know, like, mm-hmm. are you, are you getting your money's worth? And is your kid really like progressing? And like, are they all of those things from the parent point of view? Now that I'm a mom, like I can obviously see that, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, yes, is your kid having fun? Is it a healthy environment? Are they mm-hmm. going to like leave there feeling shitty about themselves? Yeah. Um, you know, moving forward and then build a resentment towards the thing that they once loved because it's making them feel bad about themselves. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel yeah. like that's the tough balance. And I think sometimes I brought my own personal story into it too much um, rather than maintaining like, like, you know, if a kid struggled, I would kind of like go for that and try to like help them through it rather than sometimes pushing them, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't regret. Yeah, but that sounds nicer. It, I, it is, but it's also not going to, like, help them get their right split. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, it's okay. You, wanna, you don't want me to, like, force you down in the splits? That's okay. Yeah. But it's also because I was like, um, the amount of kids that I saw traumatized from, like, mm-hmm. literally being physically manhandled as a kid, yeah. you know, and, like, crying. And, like, it would be, like, there. it was kind of a relentless thing when we were younger. Like, mm-hmm. you want it, you do it. You want it again, you do it again. Like, yeah. there was no, um, oh, okay, let's take a break. Like, you know, let's get our minds mm-hmm. right. It was just, like, again, 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 again. Like, sometimes it was very intense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the same time, like, the discipline aspect. Like, I don't enjoy my classes when I'm basically – telling kids to like stop touching each other and don't don't talk and like you know you you become like a a drill sergeant and a disciplinarian when you just really want to like teach them how to dance Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah you know and then you have parents staring at the window looking at you (laughs) yeah um I can't believe you talk to my kid like that but then you're like uh then you have the other parent that's like yell at my kids we're not listening (laughs) can't win yeah you you really can't and you just have you can't please everybody yeah like hands down for anybody listening whatever you do in your life if you're going to put yourself in business whether you're a service or you're a maker you're not going to please everyone Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and you're not going to be for everybody, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's not personal. Yeah. It's just like... Right? Yeah. And people have the right to decide. Like, mm-hmm. as a consumer or somebody, you know, investing in their kids, like... Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that was probably one of the hardest lessons, too. Yeah. Like, when somebody would choose to quit and go somewhere else, like, it would gut me. Yeah. Like, 
actually got me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that took a long time to realize that, like, at the end of it all, like, it is business. Mm-hmm. Um, people have to do what's best for them and their families. And that you're not going to always um, be able to meet everyone's needs, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So how long was Dan's Concept open for? So I opened it July, sorry, of 2004, and I closed it July 2019. Mm-hmm. So 15 wow, years. Wow, that's a long time. It was a really long time. Yeah. yeah. So just last year. Yeah, it's close. just been like maybe, what, eight months? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So what was that like? Um, I always say 2019 was like, it was like two full years in one because the first half was <clears throat> basically like gut-wrenching and disappointing and emotional and devastating and sad and I cried and cried and cried more than I ever could have imagined because I had to make the decision and I had to do the paperwork and get everything ready to close and file for bankruptcy which was really hard but I also had to put on a brave face and act fake um, to keep my business open Mm -hmm. because we were in the middle of a dance year a dance season so I still had to order costumes and choreograph routines and attend competition and teach, teach, teach and put together a recital. So it was like I was leading two lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I hate being fake and I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. So when I had to kind of pull myself together and just go enjoy the last six months of my business when no one else knew that it was the last six months of my business was yeah. like, oh, that's ah. hard. yeah, so... Um, that was probably the most difficult part. And then I, I contacted, um, a a connection I had to, um, a dance studio in Curtis there, PKS. And I met with Kelly and I was like, you know, she was under the assumption we were talking about dance camp and working together in the summer because we had a really great relationship. And, um, I was like, no, I'm actually here to tell you that I'm closing my business and I need you to create a safe space for my students to potentially go there because, Mm -hmm. All I cared about was that they would think I was, like, ditching them. And, like, I was closing my business and I didn't care. And it was like, okay, like, good luck finding your new studio. Because when you're 13 and all of a sudden have to transition to a new studio, that is, like, most kids would quit Mm -hmm. if they felt like they were being thrown to the wolves of this competitive dance world, right? So I think that was probably my biggest concern. Um, I felt really good that they were lovely and warm and understanding and were willing to, like, work together. Um... So all of that was kind of going on behind the scenes, like mm-hmm. meetings with them, like how is this going to work? What would it look like? Picking out dates and times for the kids to like potentially like, you know, audition for them. Like it was, ah, it was a lot. Yeah. 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 And then still get through three, like a full competitive season and mm-hmm. celebrate on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> oh but gosh. really I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I had many meltdowns at competitions that people didn't see. Mm-hmm. So how yeah. did you get through all of that? Um, just like the, I think like the light at the end of the tunnel and like the pressure of knowing that, um, well, first off, I think people should realize how I got to that place. It was because our business was failing financially. Um, years ago I had, I'd like basically been working on building a space, like a brand new studio with my dad. Mm -hmm. And we actually like worked together and developed like a 10,000 square foot like stunning studio um in Oshawa Beatrice and Har- and um Harmony and he got really sick and basically a bunch of stuff transpired that essentially left me homeless like I had no studio hmm. and I was going month to month where we currently were so 
I left that location, which most of you remember, um, on really, 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 really bad terms because it wasn't the way it was supposed to go down. Like I had given my notice. Um, I thought I was moving locations and then here I was with no studio, no new studio. And now the old studio was like, okay, get out. Cause we mm-hmm. want to like put a CrossFit in here. And I was like, uh, I, <laughs> I don't have anywhere to go because it was November 15th. Mm-hmm. I'm like halfway through the year. So I basically spent from that, I basically spent November to, um, April, obsessively looking at places to rent like that's all I did was like go around with a real estate agent um and P.S. I was pregnant so that was really (laughs) intense so I literally drove all around Durham region trying to find somewhere to put the studio since now my new studio was closing so I had to like mourn that dream watch this property sit there vacant and not utilize it was like torture driving Mm -hmm. by there every day seeing it um because I just didn't have the means to like buy everybody out and just take it over Mm -hmm. um so essentially I got like kicked out of the deal so and that's fine I just had no leverage financially right so um yeah so I'm driving around and I'm pregnant and I'm trying to find somewhere to go and then I just ended up you know working on a few different locations um we were actually trying to go into the near the bit more where where there now is a dance studio oh okay yeah Yeah. yeah. so that was kind of like my main goal was to get in there but the rent was was really high based on the square footage so we ended up in uh the south end there um where we were for three years we signed a three-year lease at <clears throat> grandview and bluer beside the bulldog there so you know it wasn't the ideal location but i also was fighting for a storefront in a way because i had just developed a ten thousand square foot storefront so mm-hmm. it was like really hard for me to go back to like being in a warehouse um yeah. And then what being like the very, very south end of Oshawa with like all the other studios that have like, you know, 10,000 square feet. And I'm like, I can't compete with that either. So it was like this weird place to be in. Um, So we ended up just going with it and seeing what happened. And I was kind of like between landlords in a sense where like I had basically owed my previous landlord, um, you know, back rent because I didn't know how long I was going to be there for. And I felt like a ping pong ball. And then I was trying to save up all my money to do a first and last somewhere new. Mm -hmm. So, oh, it was really, really terrible actually. Um, yeah. So then we moved into there and they were willing to do no leasehold agreements. So we had no help when it came to renovation. It was a shithole that was like kind of gross inside. So thankfully I have a lovely team of people that were willing to help me out. So we kind of gutted the place and again I'm six months pregnant at the time and um trying to do all this stuff to get the studio ready for September so the first like year we danced on no flooring it was like the worst flooring ever um and the first like three months we had no mirrors um yeah so everybody kind of just rallied (laughs) around to try to help me make it work Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody really realized how financially like stressed and strained I was um And so, you know, that was really terrible. So as time progressed, I was unable to pay my staff. Um, Lauren worked the whole entire year that most people don't realize for free. Mm -hmm. She Uh didn't take one cent. I had a newborn baby. I went back to work after three weeks. I thought my uterus was going to fall out. It was terrible. (laughs) Three weeks? Oh my gosh, that's wild. Um, And I just went back part-time, but even still just doing that was like, it was her being a newborn and me trying to go through this transition of a new studio was probably like it it hands down was the hardest time of my life it's supposed to be like the happiest time of my life but I had collection agencies calling me I had 
I owed money to like, you know, our previous costume company. I owed money to Lauren. I owed money to Miss Kelsey to everybody. Like it was like every single person, all they needed from me and wanted from me was money. Mm -hmm. And I was going further and further and further into debt, um, trying to keep this $5,000 a month unit open. And we weren't even making $5,000 a month. Like it was Mm -hmm. like terrible. Right. So strain on my marriage. Um, it was, and it's Christmas and I'm like, cool, I have no money. And, um, you know, if it, obviously if it wasn't for my husband and our family dynamic, I wouldn't be here now because I don't, I don't contribute to this family financially. I hadn't for so long that Mm -hmm. it just kind of became our normal, but now it was getting like worse and worse. It wasn't like, I didn't see the, you know, light at the end of the tunnel at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and then, you know, Lauren had to eventually move on and get like a real, <laughs> a real paying job. And, um, I was lucky enough to have the staff that I did to like help me through, you know, they were wonderful in the, in the time frame of that first year, but people can only give you so much grace. So, mm-hmm. you know, we really worked our asses off and enrollment came up and I had to go to my landlords and fight to get my um, my monthly rent like lowered because I couldn't afford the 40, it was $4,400 a month just in the, that's just your rent. That's nothing else. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, then you tackle on like insurance and gas and, um, hydro and, you know, silly things like internet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> anyway, toilet it's paper, like it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like you're trying to, you know, and you want to make it look nice and it'd be like pretty and inviting. Yeah. And you're like, Oh my God, I just went from like one crap hole to like another. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was a very difficult first year. We felt like we were things were kind of getting better, but I just could not ever get back to evening out. Like I was always mm-hmm. in a negative, you know, my bank account was always negative. I was always playing catch up. And again, it was just like enrollment is your and you you enroll in September and that's it. Like mm-hmm. whatever you get is that's it for your year. Yeah. People think, "Oh, we'll just like get new students or like rent your space out." I'm like, "It doesn't work like that." And mm-hmm. everybody wants the same time frame. Everybody wants Monday to Thursday from 4.30 to 9. Yeah. Nobody wants Tuesday at 10 a.m. to rent a space, right? Like, it's right. hard to to um, subsidize. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. So stressful. It oh was, like, God. honestly, like, really, really terrible. So then we had a pretty good second year. And then we were actually looking awesome for the third year. And then by, like, mid-August, I had, uh, like, randomly, like, six competitive kids, like, pull out. Oh. So I went from... So September of 2019, well, 2018, um, going into that, that like dance season, we were actually like in a really, really good place. Like financially, everything was like looking up. Um, I was finally in a place where I thought I could pay back my, my staff, like, you know, debt collectors, like all of this stuff. And, um, from September like 10th to like November 15th, I had like 10 kids quit and for all for different reasons, but you can't come back from that. Like, mm-hmm. how are you, how are you going to lose like almost three grand in income yeah, right off oh the top God. in your first two months of your season when I can't go and replace those students like middle of November. I can't mm-hmm. go and get like a senior kid that takes eight classes a week yeah. in the middle of November. <laughs> right. So mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my God, like this is, this is like way worse than I thought could ever be. And when I was on such a high that I thought we were going to like have such a great year. So mm-hmm. it was basically that day that I had to call like lawyers and <clears throat> get involved because I was going to get sued. And, um, and then that's when I made the decision that I'd have to close the studio mm-hmm. and file for bankruptcy. But they wanted me to close like that day. Yeah. And I was like, that's not an option. Like mm-hmm. I have like 
60 kids that still want to like finish the year so mm-hmm. they had no idea what was even going on yeah you know and my husband was like what can we do like everyone was trying to figure it out but I was like we're just, it's too far gone like I just need mm-hmm. to like let go of this and realize that like you know I'm not going to put my family and myself further into um to debt just because I love it like mm-hmm. that's not smart business mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to also like learn when to make those decisions, right? Yeah. yeah. So what was the biggest lesson that you say that you would learn, that you had learned from all of that? Um, but it's okay. It's okay to fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like, well, I've been learning lately. Like you either, you either win or you learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I like that. Yeah. Like failure is not really an option. I mean, I didn't fail. I was successful for a long time and I was successful in the way I wanted to be successful Mm -hmm. so I think that's the biggest win is that like I didn't compromise my values and my views as a dance teacher or a business owner just to make a quick buck Mm -hmm. like I wasn't just gonna like pimp out my students and like do all of these things just to like you know be financially successful like I wanted it to be on my own terms Mm -hmm. um but that's also really stubborn and a little bit um you know, narrow-minded when it comes to business. So I think that's mm-hmm. where people have to realize, like, you know, you have to take the emotion out of it sometimes and think strategically and think like a business person. Mm-hmm. And w- knowing when to, like, pull the cord is mm-hmm. smart business. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah. Like, what, I'm going to, like, ask my husband to put, like, a, you know, second mortgage in my house so I can keep my studio open? That's not smart business. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, the return on our investment is was zero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it seems like now, like now everything, like you're doing so many things. And it seems like all the stuff that you're doing now is more in line with all the values and things that you were just talking about, you know? Yeah. It's, um, I think too, to be like completely transparent, like when you file for bankruptcy, you go into like a term, they give you a certain amount of time that Mm -hmm. you can live within like a restricted income. Mm -hmm. So I'm only allowed to make like $1,600 a month you know, which is not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like I, when you're a mom and you have like gas and groceries and like you want to contribute to your family, that's not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also have to like pay trustees every single month and you have to like pay fees that like you didn't have to pay before, but it's also because I filed for bankruptcy. So like, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't just go away. People think you file and you're like, woohoo, I'm off the hook. But it's like, no, no, you have like stuff that you have to do however it's not as scary as like the 80s idea of filing for bankruptcy meaning that like your life is over they're going to take your home you have to liquidate mm-hmm. everything like you know I was smart in the sense that um I was a sole proprietor I and I don't own anything I don't I don't own the home I live in like that's not those are things that like I kept separate mm-hmm. um so I was in a position where like things couldn't get worse they like there was no way it could get any worse than it already was. So it was like, okay, mm-hmm. well, I might as well just put my hands up and be like, I surrender. <laughs> because, <Yeah. laughs> you know, like when I talk to lawyers and the, and the you know, debt people and stuff, it's like you're, they're like, you're in like the only, you have one option. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you just go, okay, let me like learn from this lesson. And um, so I have until the middle of, uh, sorry, I have until the end of April. So I'm in the, right in the middle of my term right now. So it feels very, um, like, safe in a sense because, like, I, I'm able to have that freedom to do whatever I want kind of right now in mm-hmm. terms of figure out my career moves because uh, I'm not in a position where I can go make, like, thousands of dollars a month or, you know, I'm not committed to, like, one thing. Mm-hmm. So it's... 
Yeah. Yeah. It seems like you're doing like a bunch of cool things right now. I am. Yeah. Yeah. I think like turning 40 and becoming a mom and just realizing that like, you know, you're never too, you're never too old to like learn something new, first of all. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, obviously you can be inspired and like go out and like try new things, but you also need to like this generation and this age group with like the social media stuff too I think that we make we present it as if it's like so easy well it's also very irresponsible to like think of it like that Mm -hmm. you have responsibilities in life you can't just like go and like live the dream and think that Mm -hmm. you know money's gonna fall in your pocket you have to do the work like and the work is freaking hard you can't just like read a self-help book and be like woohoo like I'm so inspired by Rachel Hollis I'm gonna like you know Rachel Hollis yeah (laughs) right I noticed your books (laughs) yes so, well, Jen, you need to read You Are a Badass. Oh, I have, I have okay. that too. <laughs> so that one to me is a little bit better. It's a little more like, mm-hmm. okay, realistic, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't want to like, you're, we can't like just like live the pipe dream and think that, you know, manifesting shit is just going to like, it's going to poof and appear. Yeah. Um, first things first, you have to do the soul work. You have to work on yourself. You have to like mm-hmm. think about your why and like what's your, what's your vision, right? Which was kind of what I'm in the middle of right now, but I always knew that, I wanted to like help people and help women and Mm -hmm. I wanted to work on self-esteem and like overcoming my God. Like I was, you know, a highly suicidal, like anorexic teenager. Like I don't, I want to like help that part of me too consistently Mm -hmm. recover because it's an everyday process. You don't just like all of a sudden wake up and feel good about yourself and, you know, be successful. You have to like do the work every day. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always loved hair, makeup, fashion, style, like all of those things have always been my jam. I wasn't the best at, like, you know, letting people know that. I just really, like, secretly loved it. Yeah. Um, I feel like it was, like, assumed, no? Yeah, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I think, well, especially with the dance world, like, all of that mm-hmm. kind of goes together. Like, yeah. come, like, for me, like, putting a costume together for, like, a, a routine and, like, how am I going to do the makeup for that? What's going to look like? Like, was my, uh, oh, just the best. Choosing mm-hmm. the music, like, editing, like, um, sometimes more than just the dancing itself, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, like, a full picture. Um. So I was like, you know what? I really like love makeup. And then the opportunity came along with Lime Life to do direct sales, which is a whole nother podcast because direct sales has a very bad reputation um, in a lot of ways, but it's also because it's just misunderstood Mm -hmm. and um, things have come a long way since the 90, like the 90s version of MLM direct sales. So I'm, I'm actually really loving being in that realm because it get it, I get to do what I want. I get to decide how much I want to sell. I get to decide how much commission I want to make. I get to decide how I present myself. Right. So mm-hmm. again, I'm working for myself and that's what I love because it means I'm like in charge and every single day looks different. I don't, I, I'm not meant to work a nine to five in an office. I knew that obviously, like I said, from the beginning at 16, I was like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then just working with kids is like just the be all because they constantly fill your bucket of like, they're so optimistic. Mm-hmm. They're so honest. They wear their heart on their sleeve. They tell you how they feel, what they're thinking and needing. And when you get to see them express themselves through dance, it's like, yes. Mm-hmm. So and you do this, you like go to schools, right? Yeah. So I, well, I actually, I work for Whippy Dance Company. Um, once a week I teach for them on Wednesday nights. And then that kind of helped me feel like I can still live out like that part of me that is really probably always going to be there I, I'm going to be a teacher probably forever mm-hmm. and then Royally Fit was incredible at um, connecting with me to continue with my Hot Mama's Hip Hop so they gave me that platform which was like mind-blowing and I'm so grateful so it was like hell yeah, yeah. that's so fun I know so I get to teach like you know four-year-olds ballet but then like 40-year-olds like how to shake their ass and like feel good about themselves like mm-hmm. so I'm kind of covering 
and then going to high schools and dealing with teenagers. So mm-hmm. for me, it's like check, 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 check. Like those are my perfect days. Like I don't, you know, one day I can like be, like I said, like four year olds to like 16 year olds to 40 year olds. So it's, that's amazing. And then I get to like do people's makeup and make them feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So those are kind of like my jobs, I guess right now I created makeup with mare. Um, mm-hmm. and that's been really fun to sort of see that kind of blossom and grow. And yeah, there are so many things. So, okay. What yeah. is everything? We have <laughs> makeup with mare. Yeah. Um, all of the dance. And then I have Hot Mamas Hot Hip Hop. Mamas. That's with, uh, the company is called Royally Fit. So mm-hmm. I'm basically a part of that now, which is, um, like, a, I'm essentially, like, on the list of coaches, like, slash teachers. Mm-hmm. So I do their in-person classes. But then you see me all over their social media and all over everything all the time yeah. anyway, because they're incredible. They welcome to me with open arms. Um, yeah, so I have Hot Mamas Hip Hop with Royally Fit. I have Makeup with Mary, and that's um, with Lime Life by Alcone. Those are the products that I use and sell. Mm-hmm. And then I work for Whippy Dance. And then I kind of hire myself out for, like, women's retreats, like, um, high school dance classes. Um, you know, I really, really, really want to focus on working with teenagers or, like, preteens on self-esteem through curric- or extracurricular Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of, like, my biggest passion, like, deep down. But I just feel like I haven't really found that mm-hmm. that avenue yet as to how to make that really grow. Yeah. Um, And also because I'm in the middle of, like, this weird time frame of, you know. Like, I feel like once April 30th comes and if, if they actually release me of it, like, you know, you have to get approved. You can't just, like, assume your bankruptcy's over. So once that all kind of comes together and fingers crossed that I'm, I was a good you know, <laughs> good client and good candidate. Um, they'll release me of that. And then it's kind of like, it's like nerve wracking because then it's like literally the world's my oyster. I can yeah. make as much money as I want or not. And I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah. What are your, what nervous. are you thinking for that time? Like, what are your plans for that? Um, well, I really want to grow my Lime Life business because mm-hmm. I do love sharing that. I, I don't really have a team right now. I mean, I do, but like enrollment in those kinds of things is really, uh, is really, kind of amazing for your income and for your business side of stuff but um yeah I just I don't even like I feel like my list is so long right now because I Mm want to do like bridal makeup and I want to like travel and I want to continue teaching I still want to stay with Whippy I want to continue with Royally Fit I really Mm -hmm. have like big hopes and dreams with Royally Fit too so like I think that that Mm -hmm. will probably be where I'm going to put a lot of my energy yeah and then um and then Kaylee's cause is like what I want to focus on when it comes to like nonprofit and just getting into the community mm-hmm. and helping out with so kids. So what is that exactly? So obviously like um for those listening and obviously Caitlin like she knew who Kaylee was. So she was a a student that I had that we became like basically like siblings. Um and then she passed away. Uh it'll be like 10 years, I think. Oh my gosh, this year. Um and yeah, we were just like spirit sisters, like a soul sister kind of a relationship. And she was somebody that I, I met through teaching dance and became my assistant. And yeah, like we just had like a sisterly bond. And when she passed away, it kind of really crushed my spirit for like, I felt like my reasonings was like taken away from me. Like, why do I want to do this? Because she was a huge part of what kept um, this really special group of girls close to me. So um that was a transition. It was like year four or five. And I remember kind of feeling like, I don't think I want to do this anymore because I felt like, why am I doing it if I'm not able to connect to people like her? Mm-hmm. Um, and her parents were like, you know, don't give up. Like it was really hard. So between her and, and my family and everyone else kind of 
pushing me to continue doing it, I was like, okay, well, if Kaylee could overcome the amount of stuff that she had to overcome in her life with her illnesses and then obviously coming out and, you know, she was so freaking smart and so funny and like just, oh my God, like the spirit of the dance studio kind of like lived on through her, right? So when I thought about like what could I do to honor her, um, yeah, we just kind of created Kaylee's Cause. So it's basically like, the idea is that it's a, a non-for-profit organization that would go into like schools and um, do events and like fundraisers to help kids connect with an extracurricular that makes them feel um, empowered and like good about themselves. So it's really just about self-esteem mm-hmm. um, because dance saved my life literally because um, if it wasn't for dance, I probably would have committed suicide and, and I'm not saying that lightly. So trust me, I've done the work on seeing the connection um, for having a safe place for kids to go and have an outlet. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of went through the same thing, like where she connected to uh, ringette, soccer, dance, and ultimately chose dance as like her main thing to focus on. But if, you know, Kaylee and I had that bond where like she was like, you know, if it wasn't for someone like, which is crazy, but like for me to believe in her is what made her get through things, which is like kind of insane. But I felt the same way about my dance teacher and, mm-hmm. and all my dance educators, like they believed in me and then it just made me believe in myself. Um yeah, so that's kind of where I want to, like, take that. It's really hard to describe it, so I'm keep, like, working on bringing down, like, the statement of, like, what Kaylee's cause would be because it sounds confusing. Mm-hmm. But it's to me, it's just, sounds like... like it makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just, like, okay, like, let's let's teach kids how to, like, connect to something other than their looks or social media or popularity or, like, good marks. Like, you know, you don't have to be smart and beautiful to, like feel good about yourself and be successful like mm-hmm. what the who decides what's beautiful anyway like you know so I'm just like okay let's um it's almost reminds me of like the boys and girls club like where kids would have a safe place to go but mm-hmm. because it won't be like a location it would be me bringing that knowledge to like teachers and parents in the community of like how how can we get kids involved more um and also look how many kids can't do extra because they don't have the the financial demographic to do that Mm -hmm. like I don't think that it's fair that it should cost a kid like five grand a year to take dance class yeah like are you kidding me like I get that it's a business and people need to make money but there needs to be an option for kids to have these things available to them that isn't just for people that are like that can afford it Mm -hmm. so whether it be like somebody want to sponsor a student a kid that's really deserving and maybe they're so talented and maybe this would help them get out of a negative headspace or like you know they imagine like it's like when you look at like famous basketball players or something right and they get mm-hmm. like oh their school's paid for and they get to go do all these things because their skill is is getting them there but they might come from like a low-income housing and like gang and like all that stuff i'm like this is going on in our community all the time we mm-hmm. just don't see it at that level yeah right so we just think oh whatever like they can they can like get sponsored by tim hortons or uh you know take the city classes i'm like okay but then that's not that's gonna stop like mm-hmm. where do they go from there yeah so i think that's where i get really like heated because mm-hmm. i know a lot of kids that are way more deserving of rep sports than a lot of other kids that just are really lucky that their parents can afford it mm-hmm. and they're kind of jerks and they maybe don't aren't even that talented but their parents can afford to pay for five solos at yeah. competition so they get one instead of that kid that's like you know struggling to get there and they can't afford the shoes and the costumes and all that stuff right but meanwhile they're like amazing yeah and i'm like oh my god that kid needs to be on stage yeah yeah 
Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, yeah. cool. So it sounds like you like everything that you've learned in like your own personal life and then like from having dance concepts has like been moved to like all of the things that you're doing now. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. Kind of has. I mean I think that will be my my um my goal in life and like my mission is to definitely stay focused on like what lights me up mm-hmm. like what makes me feel good and what feeds my soul um and that you know I do feel like that would be a way for me to make an income and like be mm-hmm. successful and that I'm deserving of success I think that that part um has been the homework part that I've have been working on for like the past like two years because I it was like I just believed I would fail like I already had it in my mind that like I didn't deserve to be financially successful so I'm like okay mm-hmm. well I'm just gonna fail so it just I made it I manifested that <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Why was that yeah. a thing? That... Um, well, I think that definitely came from, like, childhood. hmm 100%. So, um, you know, my, my dad struggled big time, and my mom had, like, a regular job as a teacher. And so I think that seeing him struggle was, like, I took on, like, his money story. And, like, mm. that, you know, yes, you can work hard, but, like, that we came from a family and his family and his family's family that, like, you're going to always be struggling. You're always mm-hmm. going to be a little bit poor. You might be rich, but it's going to be taken away. And that was like, we lived at like this crazy roller coaster of a life where my dad was a multimillionaire and then he was poor with no car and we were walking to school. Like there, it was like a very, as traumatizing as a kid. And then Mm -hmm. you just kind of take that with you to be like, even if you are successful, yeah, you might deserve it, but it's not going to last. Right. And then I just go back to like more money, more problems (laughs) because it's true. Like it's true. Right. So you Mm -hmm. have to like think about where your money story is coming from. Like, how do you look at money? Is it a tool or do you feel like, is it, you're not utilizing it the way that you should because you just don't know how no Mm -hmm. one's taught you. Right. And it's not just about like, save your pennies and put money in the bank. It's not about that. It's about like your relationship with money. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we become so irresponsible sometimes because we don't know how to like navigate all of that. So I think that that definitely is like to my core. And then, Every, this is going to sound crazy, but every relationship I was in with a man, um, they basically, like, would tell me that. That, like, I didn't deserve to be, you know, rich because, or have money because I just, like, my job isn't real. It's a hobby. Like, you're basically a hobo. You're of, like, no service to, like, you know, you're not, you're not, like, a productive member of society. Mm-hmm. So this was how, this is, like, the how messaging rude. I was getting from, like, my ex-husband and my ex-boyfriend. Like, it was, like, constant. Yeah. So, and that was my own thing. I was projecting that. So it's not to blame them, but it was just brought to light in my own personal life that, like, you're going to fail. You're going to mm-hmm. fail because, like, nobody's going to be successful teaching dance to a bunch of kids. Like, it was that kind of messaging. So I just feel like it just solidified it constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now over the past couple of years, you're kind of switching up that narrative to be yes, um, positive. <clears throat> and that came with like lots of therapy. Um, so I do see a psychiatrist like every, you know once every two months. Um, but I I before him even like I saw many counselors and I did group therapy. I had to like really undo all of that conditioning and that messaging that like I'm I'm not deserving. Mm-hmm. You know I mean that definitely went hand in hand with like being suicidal or like because you're just your worth isn't like there and I just felt like I wasn't worthy wasn't worthy like it was just constantly that um that feeling that was like so deep-rooted that it's like almost 35 years to undo all that right yeah so I think that it's really really difficult (laughs) 
but worth it to do the work. So mm-hmm. I'm like and probably going on like eight years of therapy. Yeah. And especially if you're going to take that and like bring it to kids and help them to feel more worthy about themselves. Yeah. Like that's great. Like, well, how am I going to like, I have to practice what I preach. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I want when I, well, the big shift was having a child, mm-hmm. having a daughter. She's like, yeah. you know, at the time she was like a year and a half and like loving her body, like naked in the mirror. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God, like that's the goal. What? Like, <laughs> I want to feel that way. <laughs> um, and also like I was so mean to my body for mm-hmm. 36 years, like mean, like terrible, like, you know, starved it and. I was a cutter and like I didn't want to live and like I was so dramatic with like and I punished myself every single day and then and then I my body still blessed me with a baby Mm -hmm. I'm like okay well I probably should stop hating her at this point because like Mm -hmm. look what she just gave me even after because you're like you are the only thing that's going to show up for you Mm -hmm. forever so like we can't be putting that on everybody else right like we always want everyone else to make us happy right so here I am like oh my god like she actually like gave me a baby like I don't I didn't feel deserving once again right and so it was kind of like that quick shift I mean I was I was a mess for like a month after that because I felt like I was finally like okay I'm Mm -hmm. ready to do the work because I was resisting it for so long right so um and that came down to like curating my social media I'm gonna stop following fitness accounts I'm going to stop following the Kardashians I'm going to stop following like what am I doing mm-hmm. why am I constantly inundating myself with like this negative messaging of befores and afters like get your baby body back and like all this shit where I'm like oh my god yeah. like I don't need a six-pack after six weeks of a baby like mm-hmm. what are we doing here? yeah that's so, ridiculous yeah so I really have to like switch all of that mm-hmm. to like my worth isn't in like a size zero you know clothes and my child freaking loves me unconditionally and I love her unconditionally. So I'm like, this is so weird that mm-hmm. I want her to feel the way that I want to feel. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God. Um, so I think like when you can sort of see that through someone else's like lens really quickly, it can kind of shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, like, like my husband doesn't like look at me and think, oh, like I, you were so much more valuable when you were a size zero. Like yeah. <laughs> it's just weird yeah. that we like think that way. Mm-hmm. Right. So that came along with money, success, material things, like all of that, right? Like I'm, I'm learning that like, that you have to do the work on all of those fronts, right? So, mm-hmm. and it's just, cause that messaging is going to trickle into every area of your life. Mm-hmm. Like it's all connected. if you don't, yeah, if you don't feel deserving, well then you're not going to find true love. If you don't feel deserving, then you're probably not going to be financially successful. Like, so I just had to do that work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. Woo! Makes sense. Hmm. Okay. I'm looking through. <laughs> I feel like I haven't been following this. I'm just having a conversation with you. I know. Sorry. Which is a good thing. I talk too. a lot. Yeah, no, that's okay. I like it. It's good. Um, okay, so do you have any messages for people who may be going through something similar to what you to what you've been going through? So like closing that huge yeah. chapter and moving on to new things? Um I think like like anything, like it's it kind of for me was almost like a death. Like I had to look at it like I'm going to go through stages. Um, everything truly does happen for a reason and literally unfolds as it should, even though at the time it doesn't feel that way. So whether it's like, you know, you're going to give yourself grace um, and it will get better. You have to just be, and you can't like live in the past. I can't like go back and think like, what should I have done? What could I have done? Like, I'm going to learn from all that, yes, but I'm not going to, like, punish myself 
because I made terrible decisions and like, you know, basically like made myself fail. Um, so when you're kind of like closing one chapter and opening another, you just have to really give yourself time. It is like a death. It's like I mourned it. I grieved it. I learned to live my life daily without it. Like, without having like a space that was mine that was had my name and you know dance concepts like above this you know like that's not I'm not going there to do that work anymore so like that mm-hmm. was a really hard time from your normal schedule my schedule is going to change like <laughs> everything's going to change um so I think just being uh just being aware of your feelings too um and like processing all that stuff and just being optimistic and open to new opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for all the things that you're ah, doing. Erin keeps telling me to come to one of the dance classes. Yes! I should. Caitlin, just come Thursday. Thursday? Lauren's coming. Come on Thursday. I'm scared. <laughs> There's nothing. It's like, this is the other side of it. Like, you got to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, like, being scared of something is, like, is good. Like, I mean, if you can, like, jump into, like, a waterfall... Yeah. In the middle of a different country. (laughs) I'm not doing that again. You can go to a dance class where it's like everybody's feeling the same way. Yeah. Everyone's scared. All those women that come every single week are like, oh my God, I'm shitting my pants. Like the amount of messages I get being like, I wasn't going to do it. And they they leave on a high because it's like you're just shaking your body and like getting all the nerves out. Like it's you come in and it's quick and we keep moving and then an hour passes and you're like, oh my God, that felt great. Mm-hmm. What's the song yeah. that you're dancing to on Thursday? That I don't know yet. Okay. I like to keep <laughs> the, the songs close to my, uh, <laughs> close to my heart because I feel like when I put it out there, then sometimes I, I have like, as part of my ADD and then I all of a sudden get like regretful. I'm like, no, I want to switch the song. And then I don't yeah. want people to like know in case I do change my mind. True. Um, yeah, I have a hard time committing to, to music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has to be like a feeling. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. But it'll be good because um, it'll just be good. Mm-hmm. It'll be good. Yeah. We just finished off with like a Lizzo Ooh, routine. oh my God. Fun. Yeah. So, I, I mean, Lizzo. I try to switch it up every two weeks and get like a new vibe happening. And mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, but I think you should definitely come. I'll think about it. Just come. <laughs> you just have to show up. That's the other thing. Show up. Show up in your life. Yeah. I'll yeah. think about showing up for the <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so I um, have been finishing off with um, just a couple of questions with each person. Um, so the first one is, what is something that you're learning right now? Um, oh my gosh, learning right now. Um, oh my God, I feel so much. I feel like I'm learning so much right now. It's actually kind of like a huge growth period for me. Um, I'm, I'm also learning how to do new makeup like techniques, which has been really kind of cool, actually. Um, I'm really hungry for more information and knowledge on that. Um, but I'm I'm also in a group um, coaching right now with um, Lise Wilcox. She's like a professional human, um, as she calls herself. <laughs> but she's been like so amazing in this phase of my life right now to really help me. So she's actually teaching me quite a lot um, about like what what my next step is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I feel like getting coaching and like getting guidance is really helpful and like learning, you know, about yourself. Mm-hmm. So learning yeah. about yourself. Learning about myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Self-awareness is important. It is. And I think because I've done so much work on like the, um, my self-image, 
Mm-hmm. I just, now I need to, like, do, like, the the brain work and, like, the worthiness part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I like that. Um, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned so far? <laughs> or, like, I don't know, just, like, something that pops up to you. I always go back to, like, oh, this is going to sound so crazy, but um, whenever Ellen talks about well first of all she always says be kind and that's true like wherever you're dealing with like the biggest lesson in life is just literally be kind you never know what someone's going through you never know personal struggles um perception and reality are two very different things um but she would often talk about the amount of kids that like go through a phase where they want to commit suicide from being gay or just being different and that messaging of like it gets better it like it will always get better Right? Like, I think that that's where I'm just like, that's the biggest lesson. Like, it does. It gets better. Life gets better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even when you feel like it's, like, the worst, it will get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. I Stay love optimistic. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. everything. Thank you. Thank you for being so open with everything. Of course. Yeah. Thank my pleasure. Thank you for being on my podcast. And again, I'm sorry about the orange juice 20 years ago. <laughs> I love it. Now I'm just going to be, like, holding that against you for the rest of time. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Oh, my God, Caitlin, you're so cute. Thank you so much.